मोक्ष साधने प्रवृत्तस्य अनेक विध विघ्न प्राप्तो अपि मोक्ष साधने प्रवृत्तस्य फॉर वन नाउ ही इज एंगेज इन द परस्यूट ऑफ नॉलेज विच इज मीन्स ऑफ मोक्ष अनेक विध विघ्न प्राप्तो अपि इवन वेन मेनी काइंड ऑफ ऑब्स्टिकल्स आर एनकाउंटर्ड तदपरित्यागेन वन डज नॉट सर्व फ्रॉम वन स्पास पुनः पुनः यत्नाधिक्यम वन स्ट्राइव्स अगेन एंड अगेन हार्डर एंड हार्डर सो हियर देर इज ए रेकग्नेशन ऑफ दिस फैक्ट दैट देर आर ऑब्स्टिकल्स इन वंस लाइफ श्रेयांशी बहु विज्ञाने इट इज सेड दैट वेन एवर यू आर एंगेज इन डूइंग समथिंग ऑस्पिशियस समथिंग गुड देन बहु विज्ञानी मेनी ऑब्स्टिकल्स कम सो इट इज साइड एंड सो ऑल्सो वी नो दिस इन अवर लाइफ ऑल्सो दैट इन एनी परस्यूड ऑब्स्टिकल्स आर लाइकली टू कम एंड दिस बींग ए प्रोसेस एंड क्वाइट एन एक्सटेंडेड प्रोसेस देर फॉर इट इज क्वाइट लाइकली दैट ऑब्स्टिकल्स में कम इन अवर लाइफ ऑब्स्टिकल्स में कम इन अवर परस्यूट ऑफ नॉलेज इन परस्यूट ऑफ सेल्फ ग्रोथ इन परस्यूट ऑफ दिस पास ऑब्स्टिकल्स वुड कम ऑब्स्टिकल्स डू कम एंड सो तत् अपरित्याग दैट वन डज नॉट स्वर्व फ्रॉम वंस कमिटमेंट एंड मेन्टेनिंग अ कमिटमेंट लॉर्ड कृष्णा से श्रद्धावान लभते ज्ञानम तत्पर संयतेन्द्रिय वन हुएस श्रद्धा और दैट इम्प्लीसिड ट्रस्ट लभते ज्ञानम ही गेन्स अ नॉलेज बट मियरली श्रद्धा और मियरली फेज इज नॉट इनफ तत्पर देर मस्ट बी कमिटमेंट टू वॉट इट इज दैट वन वॉन्ट्स टू अचीव तत्परता a devotion a commitment is required and after commitment also sanyatendriya a self control is required meaning that it is necessary that i should be able to make my mind free from disengage from unnecessary preoccupations and engage my mind in what it is that i want to do and so this tatparata what we call the commitment this is what is required because obstacles do come there is a verse in sanskrit it says prarabhyate na khalu vigna bhayena nichehi the inferior people are those who do not commence an undertaking for fear of obstacles no no this will happen that will happen therefore they don't even undertake they don't even start prarabhyate na khalu vigna bhayena nichehi by people who are inferior they do not even start out of a fear of obstacles prarambhya vignavihata viramanti madhyaha the middling people are those who drop things when they meet with obstacles there are those who do not start for fear of obstacles there are others who having started when they meet with obstacles they just drop and thus we do find around ourselves many incomplete projects things that started with a great enthusiasm but then at some point in time you lose the enthusiasm <clears throat> sometimes a person undertakes an endeavor not recognizing what it takes anubandham shayam himsam anavekshaya paurusham sometimes person does not recognize what the outcome will be whether i have the capacity to pursue the endeavor that i have undertaken whether what i am doing is going to hurt or affect other people or not and so many of these things are not taken into consideration people just start things and then draw leave in the middle and so there are many the middling people are those who do start all right but then 
when they meet with obstacles outside or inside, then drop it. Vignaih punaf punarapi pratihanyamana prarabdha chod prarabdha muttamugana na parityandi. The ex- excellent people are there, the exalted people are those who do not give up something even when they are attacked by the obstacles again and again. So there is something called obstacle that comes in the path of a person. Well, we encounter obstacles in our other in our material life also, or day-to-day life, then what to talk of obstacles coming also in the spiritual pursuits? They come. And therefore Lord Krishna prescribes here this value called steadfastness or perseverance, not giving up. What kind of obstacles do come? Obstacles can come as everything from the three levels, Adhyatmika, Adhihotika, Adhidaivika. That is three entities, the individual, the elemental world around me and what we call the divine forces. These three entities are there and obstacles can come from all these sources. It is very common to hear Swamiji, my Jamin is in 8,000, my Jupiter in 4,000, this and that's why this is happening, you know. So, that means some divine forces are there which seem to bring obstacles to my path. In fact, Upanishad says that also. Very interestingly, Bhradharanika Upanishad says that devtas do not like that this person is pursuing Brahma Vidya. You see, in the Vedic context, everybody is supposed to perform their daily and incidental obligatory duties. Meaning that every day you should perform Yagnihotra, the karma, and offer, make offerings to the gods. And so, Aditya, Prajapate, Swaha, Aditya, Swaha, Prajapate, Swaha, Agne, Swaha. And thus to this day it is, we must make offerings. That's how they get their sustenance. So it is said that only when this human being performs his rituals that the gods also get their sustenance. And now if somebody now proceeds to pursue Brahma Vidya, and once you gain that knowledge, that means you become a renunciate and then you become free from the sense of doership and therefore there is no need to perform any of these duties. You become free from the need to perform the duties and so one becomes, one gives up the duties. When a person becomes renunciate, the person renounces all the duties. So when you renounce the duties, that means right, you no more perform these daily and incidental obligatory duties and you don't make offerings to devdas and therefore they stop receiving their taxes or whatever it is, their share. They don't like it. Nobody likes if they do not receive the share. So devatas are looking, where is this fellow going? Is he coming to me or is he going there? You know? And so, I guess when they find devatas also, that these fellows are going in some other directions, it is said that they don't like. Because the human being who worships the devatas, the devatas like this fellow who worships them. Because we have many desires in our mind and therefore, to fulfill those desires, we do many things. We, we may perform many austerities, we perform many acts of worships, we make various offerings to different gods to fulfill our desires. And it is very convenient for them because then they receive their offering, in turn they, they offer, they bless with the reward, you know. So, so we get the reward and we make the offering. <coughs> this is how it goes on. And so Upanishad says that this person is like a Pashu, like an animal. Like animals such as a cow serves many purposes for the owner. So cow also, I mean, you know, male cow uh, uh, is used also in tilling the field 
or the female cow gives milk and everything and that's how the owner of the cow likes the animal because the animal serves various purposes. And so if the animal is lost and the owner doesn't like it, he, you know, similarly also when this fellow starts pursuing Brahma Vidya, meaning the path of sannyas or renunciation, then they, it is like losing one client, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's how they don't like it. And that is why they place obstacles on the path. This is what he said. Not in a very serious way, but it is said that they so that devutas, all the cosmic forces also do place obstacles on our path. <coughs> and so one should not swerve from one's pursuit, there must be a commitment, and one should not swerve from the pursuit uh, in spite of obstacles. We told you a story in the previous camp about uh, from the Mahimna Stotra. That's a story of Lord Vishnu. Every day performing worship of Lord Shiva. Every day. So, this is nice thing about this Hindu culture by the way, you know. Although people talk of many gods, but these sages are always very concerned. We always find that Lord Vishnu is the greatest devotee of Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva is the greatest devotee of Lord Vishnu. So, here we are told a story of how Lord Vishnu every day used to perform elaborate rituals or elaborate worship of Lord Shiva and he would uh, uh, get 1000 lotuses every day and offer them to Lord Shiva with utterance of one name like Shiva Sahasranama and so utterance one name offer one lotus. One day it seems Lord Shiva decided to test the commitment the commitment and the devotion of Lord Vishnu. And so it seems that he just came unseen and took away one flower, just one flower. And now when this puja is being performed this morning, then 999 lotuses are offered. So one lotus, there was a shortage of one lotus. When one lotus was there, was a shortage of lotus, what would you do? So here comes the test of our commitment. If we were performing worship, I would perhaps say that all right, you know, so pushpartha makshadani samarbhaya, instead of flour, I am offering some grains of rice. That's what we do. Offer grains of rice instead of all ornaments and things and okay. But Lord Narayana Vishnu did not do that because that's not right. And what do you do? Now you can't get up from your seat and, and get one flower because that's also not right. And so the story goes that Lord Vishnu plucked his right eye because that is also lotus and offered it at the feet of Lord Shiva. And highly impressed by this devotion of Lord Vishnu, Lord Shiva blessed him. So this bhakti, this, uh, this unswerving devotion or the intense devotion that Lord Vishnu had for Lord Shiva itself got transformed in the form of Sudarshana. So it is said that Lord Shiva gave Sudarshan Chakra, the discus of called Sudarshana to Lord Vishnu and that was the reward of that Bhakti Udrekaha, that intense devotion that he had was rewarded in the form of this discus, which now also protects all the worlds. So Lord Vishnu's job is to protect the world and that he does with the help of this discus. So this is also a case of an obstacle. How an obstacle comes and how he did not swerve from his commitment in spite of the obstacle. It is possible that obstacle comes in fact to test us. Maybe when the obstacles come then we know that somebody is making note of what we are doing. 
Otherwise, Lord Shiva would not have thought of, you know, t- taking away a flower unless there was in fact an intense devotion. So even obstacles come over path, maybe God is taking notice that we are doing something. And maybe they come also to in help us grow in our strength, in our commitment, it's quite possible. And therefore, obstacles need not be looked upon as curses, obstacles can also be looked upon as very opportunities to grow. If this is our attitude, then we will not swerve in spite of obstacles coming. If there obstacles come from the divine sources like this, obstacles come from the, the things around ourselves. Yes, the things may not be very... In our own family also there can be difficulties uh, or whatever. Hence obstacles come from the world around ourselves. But most important obstacles coming from our own self, adhyatmika. Where my own body, my own mind, etc. can become an obstacle to me and not cooperate with me. So Yoga Shastra talks about the obstacles in the, in the path of yoga, which are also applicable here, many of them. So the obstacles that are, and you know, that are enumerated there in the Yoga Sutra, one obstacle is called Vyadhi. Vyadhi means disease. Meaning that our own body may not be in right condition to be able to pursue what we do, want to do. It is not that pursuit of knowledge requires you to be a wrestler or, or a boxer or something like that or whatever, but it requires that our body should be in reasonably good condition. And so that when we are performing prayers, when we are performing meditation, when we are doing shravanam, listening, whatever it is that we are doing, we require the cooperation of body and therefore body should have that much fitness. So, fitness of the body also is very important because the fitness of the body also brings about a fitness of the mind because condition of body does affect the mind. If there is some, when I am sitting, there is pain in the back or pain in the knees, it's going to draw my attention. And sir, so in as much as the body has an effect on the mind, so fitness of the body. So, vyadhi, some kind of unfitness in the body also can become an obstacle. And one should make a note of that and do what is required to be done. That is not ignore the body. Even though Vedantins always say that I am not the body. That's all right. I am not, not the body does not mean that I ignore the body. Even though I am not the body, body is no doubt an excellent instrument or excellent means of achieving my purpose and therefore I should take care of the body. Not keep on pampering the body but should take care of the body. If yogasana, whatever you require, proper diet, exercise, and keep the body fit. That is one thing. Other is tyana, they call it. Tyana means lack of vigor. Sometimes we just find ourselves, heaviness is there. The body becomes heavy, the mind becomes heavy. And heaviness means offering more resistance, and therefore we find a lack of vigor. Langar, they call it, or lack of vigor. And so, uh, this also can be one of the obstacles called tyana. And then also one has to motivate oneself, remind. One of the values that Lord Krishna says, Tattva Jnana Artha Darshanam. All the time reminding oneself of the reward that waits oneself when one gains the knowledge. Or the reward that comes to oneself even in the very pursuit of this knowledge. As I say, it is not that just the goal is beautiful, but the journey also is equally beautiful. And therefore, reminding oneself, enthusing oneself, so sometimes we find ourselves losing enthusiasm. What happens is, in our mind there are always some expectations of something happening to us. We hear, read lots of books and we hear people's experiences and we find that nothing is happening to us. Swami, nothing is happening. 
I've been doing japa for so many years, but nothing has happened. As Swamiji tells the story of this, uh, of this woman who came and looked at my mother-in-law. Swamiji, she is going to temple for last 28 years and doing a japa also for last 28 years. What has it done to her? Nothing. Look at her nature. She's still so cantankerous. She's so this, that. And so Swamiji says, wait a minute, look. In spite of 20 years of going to temple and 28 years of doing all this japa, if she's still like that, that's okay. But suppose she was not going to temple, <laughs> suppose she was not doing japa, you could not have been staying home. <laughs> and so, everything has some, some effect is there. But naturally our mind wants to see some result, some tangible result in, way, in the terms that we can experience. And when we find that no such results are coming, so nothing is happening. So when we feel that nothing is happening, that is a discouragement. So we are likely to be discouraged because naturally our mind is that which always evaluates something based on the outcome. And we have our own idea of what outcome should, be, should there be and when it is not forthcoming, we get discouraged. So encouraging the mind, enthusing the mind that okay, it is not the outcome that is important, it is the process that is important. And so, nahi durgatim one who has undertaken this process can never come to a bad lot. And thus, keep on reminding ourselves that that is the purpose of human life. That human life should become a process of growth, of learning and growing. That's the human life and therefore, that's the only thing that is worthwhile, whether it yields results or not. I may not know what results are coming, when they are coming, and therefore I should continue, regardless of so enthusing myself. When this tyanam, this lack of vigor when it comes, and then enthusing oneself. Some share doubts. Is it the right thing to do? Because there are so many things happening in the world, and so many spiritual parts are there, and every day new things are arising, every day, even in India also. This neo Vedan, all kinds of paths are coming up. New teachers are coming up and then giving you some kind of packages and you know, and uh, people report a, a great deal of benefit, you know. So they give you a package of doing some pranayama in some new way and then they give you a package of some diet and some attitude and things like that. And that seems to be very effective for some people. And so, doubts come in our mind whether, is this true? Knowledge alone can do that? And what is meant by knowledge? Is it knowledge? Is it experience? What is it? And so this kind of doubts also come. And when doubts come, in what I am doing, when there is a doubt, then again I lose the enthusiasm. Because doubt is there, that will, you know, that creates a conflict in my mind. I cannot put my soul into what I am doing when there is a doubt. You know very well that when we are traveling, particularly let's say you are, you are trekking and then you are not sure. You go into this park and there are so many trails are there. Which trail is it? I want to go to a particular lake, you know, and then there are two, three trails. And I think this is a trail that may be leading. In about ten minutes nothing comes and I wonder whether I am on the right path or not. And there's some share, the doubt comes. And so, that also can, uh, that's also a big obstacle. That also uh, uh, hampers my commitment. And therefore, samshaya, when any doubt comes, we must get a clarity. That this is praptasya praptahi, this achievement of what is already achieved. Moksha is not something to be achieved, is not something to be acquired, 
It is already an obtaining fact. In fact, there are moments when I do experience that freedom. It's not that freedom has never been experienced. I do experience freedom in the moments when my mind becomes free from every uh, worry and anxiety and demand. I do experience. There are moments of that freedom. And therefore, that freedom that I experience is my own nature. It's only when the clouds of demand and desires, etc. come that again, I seem to uh, lose it. But that it is my nature. And therefore, this whole process is owning up what I am and not becoming something else. So this reminding myself of the very pursuit, what it is that we are pursuing and resolving that doubt. <coughs> so Jnana Devatu Kaivalyam, you must have, you listened to the Kaivalya Upanishad, you know. So the Kaivalyam, the freedom is there, moksha is there only by Jnanam. Nanyaf Pantha Vindyate Ayanaya, there is no path other than this. That there is no shortcut here, there is another thing also. That there is no shortcut to growth. That this also involves the process of bringing about the transformation of our mind. That the mind should be transformed from tamas to rajas and rajas to sattva. That is required. And you can't avoid it. That mango has to become ripe. And it must be subjected to proper conditions for ripening. It requires certain warmth, it requires that, and we have to subject, it requires time also. And then alone the sweetness which is there in the mango and the fragrance, all of that becomes evident. And you can't do it in an unnatural process. You subject it to chemicals and some kind of unnatural conditions, artificial conditions. And the appearance of mango is there that it becomes very ripe, but there is no deliciousness. So in order for mango to become delicious and fragrant, we have to wait and we have to provide the conditions which are conducive for the mango to get ripened. And so also, it is a process. We have to allow that time and effort for our own selves also to grow in maturity. So when doubts come, then they must be dealt with. Doubt also, samshaya, is one of the big obstacles. Pramada, sloth, inattention. You know, sometimes uh, I just think that what I am doing is right, whereas I am doing something other than what I should be doing. That's pramada. There are two things, pramada and alasya. Pramada means inattention, inadvertence or sloth. Alasya means laziness. Laziness is when I know what is to be done and I don't do. Who is a lazy person? He knows what is to be done. All this homework is piled up, all the dishes are piled up, all the garbage is there, I know that I have to go and throw it out, but I just don't do that. That's called laziness. And not knowing that tomorrow is Tuesday, they have a garbage day, let me put it out. Not knowing that and doing something else is called pramada, it's called inadvertence. So pramada is inadvertence, not knowing what is right and therefore what is to be, I do something else. I go to railway station and, and catch a train. Just happens to be a wrong train because not attentive. Hey, this is not the train leading to Madras, it goes to Delhi and I go in the wrong direction. I'm traveling all right but not in the direction which I should be traveling. And that is called pramada. And sometimes also therefore we do things which are not exactly leading to where it is that we want to go. And so this pramada, inadvertence, inattention also can be, is a big obstacle. And therefore alertness, attention, vigilance also is very important that we are always attentive 
your vigilant as to what it is. That's why meditation or daily reminder of myself of what it is that I stand for, what it is that the objective is, what is the value, how I have to make my life a process of attainment of my goal, a constant reinforcement that alertness is required. Alasya laziness. I know Swami Vishnu Sahasrama I should do, but I don't feel like doing it. Puja I should do, I don't feel like doing it. I know that I should come to the class. But alasya laziness. You know, when does a person become lazy? When there is no interest in what we are doing, then a person becomes lazy. Alasya. Alasasya bhavaha alasyam. The state of alasya is called alasya. Alasya means laziness. Ralayoho abhedaha. Sometimes you ra and la, Sanskrit, you know, you can interchange these letters. So, alasa also means arasa, arasasya bhavaha. When rasa is not there, when rasa means the pleasure is not there in what I am doing, then the mind doesn't want to do. We tell our children, you must do your Gayatri, now that you've taken this thread, you know, every day you should do that. Yes, mama, I'll do. Do at least eleven times, not hundred and eight, eleven times. He does, he takes his shower and stand, finish it off. And then after a few days that also goes away. Why? Because he doesn't get any anything out of it. Suppose I repeat Gayatri Mantra, so that doesn't do anything to me. It doesn't create any pleasure. Mind always is seeking pleasure and wants to do that which will please, which will bring some pleasure. And if it doesn't bring pleasure, I don't feel like doing it. That's called alasya. And therefore, not falling for that. Not falling for the stick of the mind. Mind, you have to do this, means you have to do. Like children, we have to say, you have to eat this chapati. I don't want ma'am. He always wants junk food, but then you know that junk food is not going to help him. And therefore, you want to eat, want him to eat some nourishing food, whether he likes it. He doesn't find taste. Pizza is very delicious. And potato chips and things like that, that he likes. He doesn't like wholesome food because he doesn't find much taste in that. And therefore he doesn't want to eat. And so we make him eat anyway. And similarly also our mind wants to go for junk food. Well, let's go for a movie, let us watch a TV, let us... Because, oh, meditation will do, okay, my japa will do. I know, I have to study, go to this Gita Vichaya group, okay, we'll see. So... Sometimes these things don't generate as much pleasure as we like to. And so there is a tendency to avoid it. And so alasya. This is also one of the obstacles. There's sometimes, alright, rasa, the pleasure does not come. Just because pleasure does not come, doesn't mean that I give up what I am doing. That I continue to do. If not today, tomorrow it will come. <coughs> alasya, the laziness. Also, it's one of the other obstacles. Then avirati, lack of vairagya, lack of dispassion, lack of vairagya also is one of the important obstacles. And we'll talk about vairagya because that's one of the values that Lord Krishna prescribes. And bhranti, false knowledge. Sometimes bhranti, you know, that meaning that even though what I think is wrong, I think that it is right, you know. So wrong is taken to be right, that is called bhranti. I know Swami, I am enlightened, I have, you know, something, some kind of bhranti can happen to me. And that also one has to watch out for. And one should expose oneself again and again to this teaching. Sharvanam Manalam Paunaf Punyena, Sharvanam Kuryat. They say that again and again perform Sharvanam. Again and again listen to the scriptures. 
again and again expose yourself to the teaching. Then the clarity comes and this bhranti, bhranti means the delusion or the false notion can go only when the true understanding comes. So some of the obstacles, sairyam, these obstacles come and even when they come, not swerving from one's commitment and understanding obstacles at the same time overcoming them. So obstacles, number one I should know that this is an obstacle. Number two I should understand what it is. Number three, what's the cause of it? And then what to do in order to overcome this obstacle. This is sthairiyam. <coughs> and still Swamiji doesn't seem to work and then that means that we need help, you know. So sometimes we find that in spite of whatever we do, our effort does not seem to be enough. That also can happen. That means that we need help. As Swamiji says, that when you see, it is intelligent to seek help when you need help. So we always need help in our life. I mean, a lot of help, particularly in this spiritual pursuit, we need more help than in the material achievements. And that help is sought by our prayer. So prayer can become an integral part of my life. Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotarigamaya Mrityorma Amrutam Gamaya. Oh Lord, please lead me from untruth to truth. Please lead me from darkness to light. Please lead me from death to immortality. So prayer. This prayer comes in Brahadaranika Upanishad. This comes from Brahadaranika Upanishad. And Shankaracharya says, explains that. So Mrityorma Amrutam Gamaya. Please lead me from death to immortality. So says Shankaracharya, what is the nature of death? Death is two form, twofold. One is not having sadhanam, other is not having sadhya. Sadhanam means not having the requisite preparation. Oh Lord, please give me vairagya. Some we have to pray. Please give me viveka. Please give me the discrimination. Please give me vairagya. Please give me dispassion. Please give me antahakar shuddhi. Please give me the purity of mind. All these kama, kruda, etc. are there in my heart. You please come into my heart and remove them. <coughs> As Tulsidaji says, Mama Rudaya Kanjani Vasakaru Kamadi Khaladala Ganjanam. Oh Lord Rama, please dwell in my heart and remove these demons of the nature of kama, kruda, etc. Because I am not able to deal with them. And so, prayer, seeking help of the Lord. Obstacles do come, internal obstacles. External obstacles, that's the nature of the things, and seeking help of the Lord by way of prayer. So, prayer also is a very important thing to do for overcoming obstacles. <coughs> because it's Ganesha, you know, Lord Ganesha is called Vigna Karta and Vigna Harta. He brings obstacles, he removes obstacles also. And therefore, we always should keep him in good humor, always keep him favorable to us so that obstacles are removed. It is not that you have to pray to only Lord Ganesha for removing all obstacles. You can pray to the Ishta Devata. Whoever the Devata is our Ishta Devata, every God is the same, praying basically, seeking help. <coughs> so all of these help us, all of this helps us in, in, in continuing our pursuit, not Swerving on account of obstacles. That is this sthairyam. Acharya upasanam shaucham sthairyam. 
and then now Lord Krishna talks about Atma Vinigraha. The translation is self-discipline. Atma Vinigraha, self-discipline. What is self-discipline? Says here, Atmanaha, Apakaragasya, Atmashabdavachasya, Karyakana Sanghadasya, Vinigraha. Svabhavena, Sarvataha, Prabhutasya, Sanmargeva, Nirodaha, Atma Vinigraha. Discipline of the self. What do you mean disciplining the self? Self is Satchidananda. How can you discipline self? Self-discipline. What do you mean by the word self? Do you mean Satchidananda self? Who can discipline that? And that doesn't require discipline. So when we say self-discipline, there the word self means what we normally take ourselves to be. This body is taken to be the self. Sense organs taken to be the self. Mind is taken to be the self. And therefore, Atma Vinigraha. Disciplining, controlling, keeping under check the Atma or keeping under check our own self. Why is it necessary? Atmanaha, Apakaragasya. This that I call self is in fact Atmanaha, Apakaragasya. That self actually is something that uh, is hurting me. Is itself becoming an obstacle to me. It doesn't cooperate with me. So this body, mind, complex, which is called the self, has its own agenda. The thing is that this, what we call the self, namely the mind, has basically it is a mind because everything is under control of mind. And so sense organs, body, all of these are ultimately controlled by the mind. And therefore, uh, self-discipline, meaning discipline at the level of mind. So Shankarajara says here, Atmanaha Apakaragasya. This mind we call itself, but actually it is that which does not cooperate with me. It in fact hurts me sometimes by going its own way. Svabhavena Sarvataha Prahurtasya. The mind has a nature to get engaged in the activities that it likes. As I said, the mind has its own agenda. And therefore, the mind engages in the activities that it likes. And therefore, a discipline. This is what we call Dhamaha. That is, if you know Vedanta, Viveka, Vairagya, Shamadi, Shatka, Sampatihi, Mamukshatvam. All of these Lord Krishna will include in one way or the other. One of the values is Vairagya. That time we will talk about Vairagya. Shamadi, Shatka, Sampatihi, so, Shama means the tranquility of the mind. Dhamma means the discipline. So, basically here Lord Krishna is talking about discipline. That discipline also is required in our life. That our sense organs are disciplined. Our mind is disciplined. Whatever it is that we do is disciplined. Because if I just allow my sense organs to do what they want to do, Indriyanam Charatam, Yan manun vidhiyate tadasya harti pragnyam vayur navam ivambhasi. Lord Krishna says that if the mind is allowed to follow the sense organs, it is the nature of sense organs always to seek sense gratification. My eyes always seek gratification by seeing something that is beautiful. The ears are seeking gratification by wanting to hear something that is pleasurable. <coughs> 
the sense of touch also is seeking gratification by touching something pleasurable. The palate also seeks gratification by tasting something that is pleasurable. Even sense of smell, every smell. So every sense that I have, that is a natural tendency of seeking gratification. So seeking gratification, natural tendency in the ever, if you do not do anything, if you do not pay attention, then these things will always seek that gratification. And so in my cottage, there is a refrigerator. And there is a small little pantry. And so a refrigerator has all kinds of goodies in there, and the pantry also has there, and people are always very kind. They bring all kinds of candies, and they bring all kinds of sweets and fruit, all sorts of things are there. They all give it to Swamiji for distributing the others, you know. <laughs> but then, that is up to me whether I really part with them or not. And therefore, they are all stocked up with me. And actually I am supposed to be doing my prayers or studying Bhagavad Gita or writing something or whatever it is. And my mind says, okay, how about having a candy? <laughs> so, get up, open the cupboard, munch one candy, come back. And there is a jar also containing those different kinds of candies. Supposed to be meant for children, but anyway, anybody can have it. So, this is what, that my pilot always wants something delicious, because whenever I, I get a little bored, whenever I, you know, then mind wants some kind of a change. And so, uh, since what happens, Swami, the closed doors for all the change. Had I, if I had a TV and if I had a video and stereo and stuff like that, then I can, you know, have that also. And so whatever, so we surround ourselves by many means of pleasure. And it is very convenient for the mind and the sense organs always to, because it is very easy. It is very easy always to seek sense gratification and get sense gratification. It does not take any effort on my part to switch on the TV and watch a movie. It takes no part, effort on my part to take a candy and eat it. because. This gratification does not seem to take any, any effort anyway. It's very easy. It is what we call the immediate gratification. In short, the mind and sense organs or our personality has a natural tendency of seeking immediate gratification. And this, this habit of seeking immediate gratification, unfortunately, is at the cost of discovering a long-term gratification. So Lord Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita that there can be a long-term lasting gratification as against what we call a temporary or a short-term gratification. So usual tendency to seek short-term gratification, but unfortunately it is at the cost of the lasting gratification. The seeking sense gratification, which is immediate gratification, has a tendency to make me dependent upon them. And therefore now, 3.30 means I should have a cup of coffee. 10 o'clock means I must have a candy. 4 o'clock means I must have something else. And that's how, in the beginning, it is my fancy. In the beginning, it is my pleasure. In course of time, it becomes a necessity. So this is what happens. And thus, in course of time, if you allow this kind of tendencies of the mind to prevail, and we do not do anything about it, then slowly and slowly you find ourselves becoming more and more dependent upon things. And thus, mind is less and less available to me, less and less available to do what I want to do. I tell mind, come on, wake up at five o'clock in the morning so that you have forty-five minutes to do yoga. Mind says, okay. 
doesn't matter. I mean, sleeping, you know, lying in bed is much more comfortable than this yoga asana. Who wants to bother about it? Shuts up the alarm and continues to, whether it is whatever, continues to lie in the bed. Takes the easy way out. So, this is the nature of the mind to seek always a comfortable alternative. And so, it is necessary to release the mind from this habit of seeking immediate gratification. To follow fences. Oh, how about having a cup of coffee? It's all available, you know. Yes, the, the problem here is that everything is available right away. You want coffee, the coffee pot is right there. You want tea, that also is there. You want some new milk, that is also there. Whatever you want is there. You have the computer, you have the internet, everything is at the tip of your tongue. And that is exactly what the world is doing to us. This tendency of seeking gratification is there and all that the world is doing is to provide more and more means of gratification. And that's how more and more clients are created and that's how they can sell their products, that's all, so-called consumerism. Anyway, and so one has to just watch out, that's all. In short, Atma Vinigraha, self-discipline. One should have a certain code of conduct for oneself and one should draw some boundaries for oneself and accordingly, one should follow the discipline. Lord Krishna also says in the Gita, Yukta Hara Viharasya, Yukta Cheshtasya Karmasu, Yukta Svatna Vodasya, Yogo Bhavati Dukkha. Yukta Hara Viharasya, one who observes moderation in Ahara and Vihara. Ahara means food, eating food. Vihara means uh, uh, recreation. So in eating as well as in recreation. Yukta Svapna Vodasya moderation in sleep and keeping awake. Cheshtasu in all these different so Yukta Hara Vyarasya Yukta Karmasu and so you know the Cheshtas and all the activities that I perform also in moderation. A sense of proportion what we call an alertness and so the self-discipline comes by alertness. Two things we require for the discipline to be there. One is a value for the discipline. That is valuable for me to become free. So before I gain moksha, which is absolute freedom, I must gain freedom from all this dependence that I have upon various things around me. And other kinds of dependence will be talked about later on. But here primarily we are talking about self-discipline, meaning the dependence that I have in course of time cultivated, I shouldn't say cultivated, but dependence has come to me. I don't cultivate dependence, but the dependence that come to me on account of allowing my, the fences of my mind. And unless I do something about that process, that will just go on. As Swamiji says that emotional maturity is something that one has to initiate. It will not happen by itself. Similarly also, discipline is something that one has to initiate it will not come on its own and therefore a value for living a disciplined life. In Swamiji's language, a value for being an organized person. Person is organized in all his activities, organized in what he talks, organized in what he eats, organized in the creation, organized in everything that he does. Swami, that looks like all robot, you know, this all mechanical life, discipline. So, sometimes people have problem with discipline also. Discipline looks like suppression. And there is not much difference sometimes between discipline and suppression. Also, 
except as I say the other day, discipline is when I have value. When I have value for self-control, when I recognize that, before I can get that ultimate freedom called moksha, I must gain the relative freedom in my day-to-day life also. That I must have a mastery over my mind. Atma vinigraha, a mastery over my own self. That my mind should be available. As Lord Krishna says, Atmaeva Shatmano Bandhu, Atmaeva Ripu Atmanaha. The mind can become my friend and my mind alone can become my enemy. So mind that is not disciplined is as good as my enemy, and mind that is disciplined is a mind that is my friend. In as much as we need the cooperation of our mind, cooperation of our own personality in whatever we want to do. Because if mind does not cooperate with us, we cannot achieve anything. We can't, can't, we can't even listen to the talks. We can't, even though we are sitting there, the mind can be wandering wherever it wants to wander. I may be taking a walk, but I may not be there. And so, these two kind of things have happened. One is a tendency to seek gratification, immediate gratification. Other is also a certain mechanicalness. Because the mind is preoccupied and therefore many of my activities are taking place in mechanically. Sometimes I do, I have to remind myself, did I take shower or not? And I remind. Sometimes, did I apply soap? You know, it happens so mechanically. Then afterwards, did I apply soap or not? Sometimes I find myself applying twice because I am not sure whether I applied the soap or not. Because I wasn't there when that was happening. Did I brush my teeth? Did I do this? Sometimes you wonder, did I perform my prayers this morning or not? And so, because when things are happening, did I do this chanting or not? When I start Hanuman Chalisa, then the first line I remember, you know, I am I'm, I'm aware. Sri Guru Charana Sarojara, that's about all. And then when the last line comes, then I, in between everything just takes place. So, the chanting in between takes place. I don't do chanting, it takes place. In India, in Amdava, they have what we call these camel cars, you know. The cars pulled by camels. And these camels also get used to every day they carry the goods from one spot to the other. And then the back. So this is a routine. In course of time the camels get used to the routine and they know also the path on which they have to go. And therefore they just, they, they know what it is that they are doing. So sometimes this fellow starts in the, at night. Whole night this camel car travels, in the morning he reaches the destination. And so the owner of the camel cart puts his cart on the road, lets the camel proceed and then goes to sleep. He wakes up next morning and the camel has brought him there. He was not around when the actual journey was taking place because it is not necessary for him to be around. And similarly also, my sense organs and mind also do the things without my being there. Sometimes we finish the food, eating food also, and then we don't know what it is that we are eating. So Mother asks this fellow, he is so in a hurry, going to work, and he, uh, he, he is sitting for the lunch, and he's, how, how did you like it? Mom, it's delicious, wonderful, this, that, you know. After he goes away and Mother eats food, then you find that there was salt, in, in dal there was no salt, and here there was too much sugar, here there was too much spices, but this boy never took note of that because his mind was not there. And so, this mechanicalness is a problem. So, two problems are there, falling for the impulses of what we call immediate gratification and allowing ourselves to follow the dictates of the mind, 
seeking immediate gratification, which is at the cost of what we call the lasting gratification. Vishendriya Sanyugat Yatadagri Amrutopamam Pariname Vishamiva Tat Sukham Rajasam Smutam Lord Krishna says that the Sukham, the pleasure that comes by the association of sense organs with sense objects, you know. So by experience of sense objects, the pleasure that comes is Agre Amrutopamam. It is very delicious or is very sweet in the beginning. Pariname Vishamiva. But then it ultimately turns out to be very bitter because it is the nature of these things to make me more and more dependent. And ultimately, you know, I who is drinking tea, the tea is drinking me. It's not I who is doing things, they are doing me in the sense that I am dictated by them. And so that means that I am slowly slipping into this process of what we call bondage or dependence. And therefore, Lord Krishna says, Atma Vinigraha, a self discipline. Number one, a value for discipline. Number two, recognizing these two sources of lack of discipline. One is falling for this impulse or fancy for immediate gratification. And second is the mechanicalness. And therefore, we draw boundaries for ourselves. As Lord Krishna says, yuktahar viharasya, in eating as well as in the recreation, boundaries. I'll watch TV half an hour. I enjoy this food, ice cream I love, okay. One scoop. I love this candy, one piece. Oh, today Lisa is wonderful, three. And so, thus I, 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 it's not that I deprive myself. There's no need to deprive. At the same time, to give, to indulge also is not right. Deprivation also is not right. Indulgence also is not right. Moderation is the right thing. Yuktattvam, moderation, sense of proportion. And thus, I draw the boundaries of what it is that I'm going to do. So when I sit on a dining table, I know what the food is. What have you cooked, ma'am, today? Oh, today is dosa. That's it. All right. Three, you know, I put the limit there. Whatever. And then, I push my chair back. So, Swami always asks this question. Do you have the freedom to push back your chair at any time. And so, as I always like to tell that story of this king, kings always ride on the horses, you know. So once the king was invited to ride the elephant, and he, he rode the elephant, and then asked for this, he says, where is the rain, you know? Where is the rain? He says, no sir, elephants, the horses have reins, elephants don't have reins. He immediately came down, he says, I do not want to sit on an animal which I cannot control. You know. Horse, he, can, he has reins in his hand. Elephants doesn't have that? Don't have, okay. I cannot try it. So one does not want a condition where one does not, one is not in control. There must be value for being in control. Not of other people, being in control of my own self. And therefore, one is disciplined, moderation in everything that I do and making my life as simple as possible, as uh, fewer means as required, you know. So making life as simple and as non-demanding as possible. At the same time, cultivating what we call alertness. <coughs> we talked about alertness in speech, as Lord Krishna said. So, sometimes they say that, just start your discipline 
with one organ, namely tongue. Start discipline with one organ, tongue. This tongue performs two functions. One is the function of speaking, other is the function of eating or tasting. And so observe discipline while you speak. If you say yesterday, Anudvega Karam Vakyam, what I am going to speak, will it hurt somebody? Then I will refrain from saying that. Is it truthful? Is it not truthful? I refrain from saying that. Is it pleasant? Is it not pleasant? I refrain from saying that. It is useful? Is not useful? Not necessary? I refrain from saying that. Discipline at the level of speech. I speak that which is truthful. That too, I speak in a manner which is pleasant. And then only I speak when it is useful. So, this kind of discipline, austerity of speech. This is the discipline at the level of tongue, at the level of talking. And the tongue also performs the act of tasting the food. And therefore, as we just said, also disciplining myself with reference to what I eat, when I eat and how much I eat. What I eat is decided by me, not by my palate. Is it conducive to my health? Is it wholesome food? Is it good? Is it sattvic food? Then I eat, otherwise not. In the quantity that my stomach can handle, that is conducive for, you know, compatible to my body and what my body can handle. And so, starting with just one organ, namely tongue, in talking and eating, we start observing the discipline and alertness, slowly and slowly the discipline also can come in other, other areas of life also. Also for dealing with what we call the mechanical self-mechanicalness of the mind, this japa is an excellent uh, means. Japa means repeating the same name, the same mantra again and again and again and making my mind focus on what it is I am repeating. That also is very conducive for alertness of the mind. And so Lord Krishna says here, Atma Vinigraha, self-discipline is also a very important value for a person Anyway, not only for spiritual pursuit, there is an important value in our life in general, then what to talk about is the importance in this pursuit also. So, Atma Vinigraha. Okay. <clears throat> Om Puranamada Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadhyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Namaha Hari Om